Good morning. My name is Lee. I'm the youth and family pastor here at FBC. I'm filling in for Pastor Matt while he is enjoying some time uh, with family in San Diego. It's amazing that Matt gets to go to all these places like Hawaii and San Diego. I wish I could have family there and <laughs> vacation there. But, I, but I'm in Benicia and I'm ecstatic about that this morning. We're going to continue in this series on rhythms. And when we talk about rhythms, we're talking about spiritual disciplines that we need to get in this habit of that draw us closer to God, that help us to live a life of response in the way that God would have us to live in response of what he has done for us. So when Matt and I were were looking at this, coming up with this list of things we wanted to make sure we covered, uh, and I knew that I would be preaching on this Sunday, we looked over the list and he said, which one of these do you want to speak on? And so as I'm kind of looking down, I, I go into this, I'm like, man, another thing I've got to add to my calendar for the summer is to preach on top of everything else. So when I saw the one about Sabbath rest and godly rest, I was like, that's the one for me, because that is what I need the most help with. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. The word Sabbath just means to rest. We're told to observe that. We're going to get into that and why God has commanded us to do that. And when we talk about Sabbath, it's not just taking a day off right? Just sitting around the couch watching TV, is, that's not Sabbath. That's time off. We'll get into the difference of that. But we're going to start in Exodus chapter 20. It's in the Old Testament. If, if you're new to the church or never opened a Bible before, it is the second book in the Bible. We're in Exodus chapter 20. And this is a time where God has given Moses the Ten Commandments to give to the people, people of Israel. They've come out of slavery, and now God's given them these commandments uh, as ways that they should live to, to act out their relationship with him. So we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So there's a few things we need to make sure we understand when we get into this. Again, Sabbath just means to rest. So when God is telling us to remember the Sabbath, he's saying, don't forget to take a day off. I mean, that's, that's a very short version, but basically don't forget to take some time off. The reason he's telling this to the Israelites is because they've just come out of slavery for 400 years. When they were in slavery, as you can imagine, there were no days off. There was no, you know what, you guys get one day off a week, you can go spend time with God, you can, you can reflect on that and worship him. That was not allowed, so God is doing this as a way to remind them of what, the, of what has happened, of how he has rescued them. We're also told... Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does that mean? How do we keep a day holy? When it talks about to keep it holy, it means to set it apart. There should be something different, something special about a Sabbath day. It's not going to look like all the other six days of your week. If it looks like all the other six days, then guess what? That's not a Sabbath day. God is saying that it's to be holy. It's to be set apart. It's to be seen as special, and we are to be intentional about it. As you know, anything that we need to do in life, if we don't make a plan to make those things happen, it, it just doesn't happen. Anything, anything like this does not happen by accident. And another thing we need to pay attention to is it 
The, the Bible does not say Sabbath has to be Sunday. It does not say it has to be Saturday. It just says it has to be one day out of seven. Just one day out of seven. Six days to labor, and one day you should have a Sabbath day of rest. So I think about it for myself and those of you who have ever volunteered a lot in a church or been part of a church staff, Sunday's not a restful day. It's not. It's, it's not restful at all. We've been up here for a long time, and we love it, and that's why we do it. But I do, Sunday for me is not a day of Sabbath rest. Right? And luckily, the Bible doesn't say that it has to be on that Sunday. But we're reminded that God rested on the seventh day. This is a story in Genesis as God's going through creation. In Genesis chapter 2, it talks about God created the world in six days and then rested on the seventh day. And what's important for us to understand is God did not rest because he was tired. God spoke words and stuff happened, right? Like that's, that's amazing to think about to begin with, that God's words can create life. But he did not rest because he was tired. He took time to enjoy everything he had created because God's creation is to be enjoyed. It is to be enjoyed. A relationship with God is to be enjoyed. No one on this earth should have more joy than those of us who have put our faith in Jesus and can see his work everywhere. So it talks about, therefore the Lord, in the end of verse 11, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. When we use the term blessed nowadays, when most people say it, you know, like, I'm, I'm blessed, or that's a blessing, we're talking about material things, right? I'm blessed because now I'm making more money than I used to. I'm blessed because I have a nicer house. I'm blessed because there's, my kids haven't done anything crazy. I know that's not, yeah, yeah. I don't know how many people are saying that. If you are, let me know. You can teach us all. But we use that as the term. But the Bible, that's not how the Bible uses the term blessed or blessing. It refers to that as time spent with God. Time spent with God is the blessing. Time spent in God, God's Word, time spent in prayer. That's the blessing. And I have never, I've never met any person that has taken the time to focus on God and to spend that day with them who has come back later and said, you know what, I wish I hadn't done that. I totally regret that. I could have been much better served getting work done or going somewhere else or finding a better way to make money. I've never met someone that has said that yet. So the blessing of Sabbath is time spent with God. That is the blessing. That's the refreshing time that we get. So we have to think about, okay, if we're going to take this Sabbath day, what is that acknowledging on our part? Well, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret here. You are not God, and I'm not God. Did you guys know that? We're not God. That's crazy. And here's what I mean by that. Before you were born, the world was spinning just fine. When your time on life, when your time on earth is over, guess what? The world's still going to be spinning. We love to over-exaggerate our importance to life. If I don't do all these things all the time, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Everything's going to keep happening, right? Like we, we consider our jobs to be this wonderful, great thing, but guess what? If something happens to you, somebody else is going to take your job. If God forbid something, something happened to me sometime soon, it's not as though the family ministry at this church stops. Somebody else comes in. We are all replaceable. Now, I don't want you to get down because for some of us, I know reaction is like, oh, so you're saying that I'm worthless. That's not what I'm saying at all. God has you on this earth at this time for his purposes. It is not by accident that you are here in 2018. 
And what we need to understand is that everything we are called to do, all of our work, and again, don't think of work just as something you get paid for, okay? Because you miss out on so much if you think of it that way. Uh, moms, when you had a newborn, I don't think you got paid for that, right? But wouldn't you say that was work? Exactly. That's all, those things always happen. Students, when you're in school, you're not getting paid to be in school. If you are, let me know. That's a pretty sweet gig, but... You're not getting paid to be in school. That's work. There are a lot of people in our community who are retired, and I speak to them. They're not sitting on their butts at home. There's work. There are things happening. They are living life. They are doing things. So all of that is included in our work, and so we do need to understand that our work matters. It matters. Everything we do matters. What we do for a living matters to God because it is an opportunity for us to bring glory to God no matter what we're doing, because anything that we can do can be used to bring glory to God. Everything, even if you have a job that maybe society thinks is really not that big of a deal, you have an opportunity to glorify God in what you're doing. And in order for us to understand why Sabbath is so important, we need to have a good theology about work. In Colossians chapter 3, this talks about the attitude that as believers that we should have about the work that we do. It says, whatever you do, that's whatever you do. It doesn't minimize it just to people who are pastors. Whatever you do, any work you have, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Now think about the work that you do, whether it's paid or not paid. Is that your mindset? Are you waking up every morning thinking, you know what, I'm doing this work for God? Or are you saying, you know what, I'm not really going to, it doesn't matter, my boss is a jerk or my boss is incompetent, so I don't really have to do that. Now, I did not see that anywhere in the scripture we just read, that God lets you out of that if your boss is incompetent or if your boss is rude. It says, whatever you do, it doesn't matter what your boss on earth is like. It doesn't matter. There's no stipulation for that in here. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. So the question you have to ask yourself, the first question you have to ask yourself for today is, am I doing my work as if I'm working for the Lord? I mean, honestly, for a lot of us, the answer is probably sometimes. Sometimes, if we feel like it. We're, doing, we're working as if we work for the Lord. But the second someone is rude to us at work or someone smarts off to us, we're not inclined to continue working as though we're working for the Lord. We're working as though somebody's bothered us and we want to do whatever it is that we want to do. Now, this idea of working for the Lord, again, is not limited to pastors. Please understand that. Matt and I are the pastors at this church, but what you need to know is there is nothing special about us at all. There's nothing special. God did not look at our lives and say, you know what, these guys are so amazing, I'm going to bring them to the church in Benicia and everything's going to be great. God decided a long time ago that he was going to bring us here because that's God's doing, not ours. What God has called us to do, that's what we're trying to do. Just like whatever work you're doing, whether it's parenting, whether it's raising a family, whether it's working at a job, whether it's being retired and impacting the community around you, that is what God has called you to. And all of that is equal in importance. Every single bit of it. A book that I was reading to prepare for this, it's a book called The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. It's a fantastic book. But he puts this quote in here by Martin Luther. 
And I love this attitude. And I think for, especially for those of us that are not involved in ministry, this is the attitude we need to have. The maid who sweeps her kitchen is doing the will of God just as much as the monk who prays. Not because she may sing a Christian hymn as she sweeps, but because God loves clean floors. The Christian shoemaker does his Christian duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. That should get an amen from a few people. God cares about your work. What your work is, what you do, that matters because God has put you in that location to have an impact on the people around you. There's nothing that's, that's more frustrating than to see people who are claiming to be Christians be the laziest workers at their company. What, is the, what does that say? What does that say about the God we serve that if we think that we're allowed to be lazy just because we're Christians? If you have placed your faith in Christ, whatever you're working at, there should be no one around you that works harder than you do. No one. Because if you're working for the Lord, you should be given all of that. And if you do that, then you will understand the true need for a Sabbath day. You'll understand there's a need to rest in God for that time because we're giving our all to serve Him during the week. And so if we don't understand that our work matters and that it's significant, then we're never going to really take a Sabbath day or understand the need for it. And most of us, if you have a paying job, you usually have a week or two, a day or two off during the week. Your off day is not the same thing as Sabbath time, and let me explain what I mean by that. For most of us on our off time, a lot of us, we just, we dread going back to work the next Monday, right? We just, if I could just think of enough things to do to waste time and to get my mind off of work, and then I'll just deal with work when work comes on Monday, that's most of our attitude. That's why, that is why Netflix is so popular, that's why social media is so popular, because it allows you to leave real life. It allows you to, you know what, I'm going to get lost in other people's struggles on social media and, and other shows on Netflix because I don't want to have to think about what I'm doing. Now, un understand this. Those things are not evil. But what I'm saying is do not confuse that with Sabbath time. All right? How many of you, after social media, you're like, oh, I'm refreshed and rejuvenated and ready to go now? The same thing, right, when we're watching movies. Like, movies are great, but that doesn't leave me refreshed and rejuvenated and ready to get back to work. Sabbath time is intended to restore our souls. It's intended to have us refreshed because we have spent time with God. It's just like if you think of someone that you love deeply. You spend an hour with them, right? And it impacts the next few hours of your day. It kind of has like a lingering effect. The same thing is true with Sabbath time with God. If you have a day of Sabbath spent focusing on God and in time with Him, guess what? That impacts the rest of your week. That changes how you go to work. That changes how you approach work because you're refreshed and you're now ready to come back. You know what? I've spent time with God. I can make it through this week. That's why God says one out of every seven days. It's not just you do it once and it's supposed to be good forever. We need to be refreshed once a week. That's the reason he's put that in there, because God knows us. He knows what we're doing. But this Sabbath day, this idea of taking a period of Sabbath will never happen on accident. Unless you plan it, plan a date, plan the time for it, it's not going to happen. Most of us are not wired that way. We're wired to keep working and keep moving and keep going because that's what things are like here in America today. We, we need to keep producing things. We need to keep working. So when we see that we have a good idea of why work matters and why God has asked us 
commanded us, in fact, to take a Sabbath, what is it that God wants most from us? Right? If, if He's God, He doesn't need anything from us. It's not like we could give Him something He doesn't already have. But what does He want most from us? What He wants is our attention. To be fully aware in every moment of who God is and what He has done for us. We are so distracted by so many things. Right now, half of you are thinking about lunch. At least half of you. Well, plus, plus me. I'm kind of thinking about lunch too. We get so easily distracted all the time. It doesn't even take a lot to get us distracted, does it? And especially, man, now with, with, uh, with the invention of smartphones, I mean, you can be distracted 24-7. It's easy. And no, nothing is required of you to be distracted all the time. But it also doesn't give you anything. God wants our attention because the worst thing about always being so busy and never stopping is that we're under the false assumption that things aren't going to happen unless we make them happen. We think that things aren't going to happen. God, I know, I know you, want, you want to take care of me. You want good things for me, but you, you don't get it. I've got to work harder for those things to happen. God, what you're saying is not enough. You're, you're not enough, God. Like, you're, you're pretty good, but there's, there's this other thing that I'm trying for that I need to get to. And that's what's going to make me happy. So we always, we're always going. And if our mindset is that we can never take a break, here is an important question that you need to ask. It would even be a good idea to write it down because you need to spend time thinking about this question if you think that it's impossible for you to take one day. What am I after? What am I after? What do I want out of life? Am I going, am I going after money? Am I going after material things? Am I going after status? Am I going after power? Do I have some deep insecurity and I need other people to think I'm amazing and indispensable and so I've got to keep working to prove that? What is it that you're after? Because if it's something that's so, so powerful and has such a hold on you that you can't even do what God is calling you to do, then whatever it is you're going after, that's your God. That's your God. If you say, you know what, I, we, we sometimes use this excuse, and I see this a lot, especially in men, is we say, well, I need to work harder so I can give my family more stuff. That's, that's an excuse that we use. That's an excuse that we use. Right? We try and get so, so worked up because we think that, oh, if, if I do enough, if I make enough money, then I can make sure that my family's secure forever. And as we get older, we realize that that's impossible. That's impossible. Our families are in God's hands. We're in God's hands every step of the way. But we use that as an excuse to not take that time of Sabbath. And so we look for things that can fulfill us, whether it be comfort for our family whether it be money, whether it be a promotion, social status, a relationship, and we think, you know what, if I just had that, that would fulfill me. So I'm sorry, God, I can't take that day off that you've commanded me to because I've got something else I'm working towards, something that's a little bit more important. And so if we have that mindset that we can't rest because there's something that we're, we're trying to achieve, then the only conclusion is that we don't trust God. We don't trust God. Uh, another quote from this book by Mark Buchanan, um, and this is, I love this, I think this is at the heart of Sabbath and being able to take Sabbath and being comfortable with that. He says, confidence and trust are rooted in a deep conviction that God is good and God is sovereign, meaning God's in control. There is no rest for those who don't believe that. And I love this here, he references uh, Romans eight twenty eight. 
If God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called to his purposes, you can relax. If he doesn't, then you need to start worrying. Either God is good and in control, or it all depends on you. If it depends on me, we're in trouble. And I love you guys, but if it depends on you, we're still in trouble. If everything in life depends on us, then we need to be worrying not. We shouldn't be here right now. We should be working on doing what we need to do. But this is a time when we come to to collectively admit, God, you've got it under control. We may not understand that, but you are sovereign. That is where our confidence is. That is where our trust is. Because despite what we believe, you and I are not qualified for the job of God. We don't have those qualifications. That's why it's okay for us to take a Sabbath, a day of rest. It's okay for us to do that. It's okay for you to take a day and relax without guilt. You're not keeping things going anyway. So now we see we're, we're commanded to take a rest. We're supposed to work hard. We're supposed to take that Sabbath. We're supposed to put our confidence and our trust in God. So what are some things that would happen during a Sabbath day, right, if we're planning to do this? I, I think one of the things that's most important is that it would be a time of reflection, right? First of all, if we're talking about spending a day focused on God, there, there has to involve some Bible reading at some point and some prayer time so you can be reminded of who it is you're focusing on. Those two things, for all the other different things we can come up with for Sabbath, those are two things that should always be on our list, no matter how different we are as individuals. Time in God's Word and time spent in prayer. And God wants us to have this time of reflection. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, is the second time that the Ten Commandments are given. But in this section for the Sabbath day, an additional reason is given by God to the people of Israel. So in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 through 15, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. And here, verse 15, here's the difference. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. This was written to the people of Israel as a way to remind them of what God had done for them. So how does that work for us? Those of us here, we we weren't slaves in Egypt. Is there nothing here that can be used for us? If we forward ahead, there was another time where someone came to free us from slavery with eight outstretched arms. The Bible says that we were slaves to sin. The only way that we could experience freedom was when Jesus' arms were outstretched when he died on the cross for our sins. That's the only way that we get freedom from slavery. Our time of Sabbath is meant to think about those things, to think about where we've been, to think about what God has done for us. We all have this idea that, you know what, I, I, I think I'm good enough, so God should be okay with me. The reality is that none of us are good enough. We, we all deserve hell. That's the reality. 
That's the reality of it. But God, out of his love for us, sent Jesus. On a Sabbath day, that time of reflection is necessary so that you can see, just like the Israelites, their freedom had nothing to do with them. They didn't make anything happen. God did all the work, and then they just walked. It's the same thing with us. We don't earn our salvation. There's nothing that we can do to work our way to heaven. God had to do all of it. I, really, all we're doing is saying, yes, yeah, I, God, I believe that. I, I received that grace, and, and, and my faith is in you. That's it. There's nothing that you or I can do that can get us into heaven. So a Sabbath time for us, again, we talked about the Bible, we talked about prayer. There needs to be a time of reflection where we think about what God has done and how he has rescued us. And for most of us, I'd say probably for all of us, this happens best in times when we're quiet and when there's silence going around. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but a lot of silence and quietness creeps me out. If there's too much of it, it creeps me out, which I know is weird. I'm from the South, and everything there is like silent and still, but it, it, it still creeps me out. And so in thinking about that, right, there, there was a point in my life where I was like, okay, I need to understand why this bothers me. When we're silent, when we're still before God, things come to our minds. Things that have maybe been unresolved in the past, right, pain that we've experienced that we tried to just kind of hide away, that God wants to bring up because God wants to deal with it. Because God doesn't want us to be held back by something that we're allowing to hold us back. But if we're not silent, if we're not still before God, we're never going to hear that. We complain all the time, I, you know, I, I can't hear what God's telling me. But how many of us have stopped to listen? We want to be busy. We want to be going all the time. No, sorry, God, I don't have time to stop and listen, but I'm still going to complain that you're not talking to me. And that's how we treat God. We're not, we're not listening. So in those times of silence, there are times when we come to things that we need to deal with, things that may be painful reminders of something that's happened in our past. But again, if we're not intentional about those things, we're never going to find out what it is that God's trying to tell us. And so we have this idea that we want to come on Sunday and we want to come and we want to worship God. And that's wonderful in what we should be doing. But when we're in those moments, we're, a lot of the times we're thinking about other things. That's why God's calling us to this day of Sabbath to clear our minds, to spend time reflecting, not just to clear our minds to have them empty, right? Like this isn't some Eastern world meditation thing, but it's to fill it with God and what he has done for us. That's what he's called us to. But you have to make the time necessary to figure that out and to know what God's drawing you to. And the next thing is I want to make sure that we lead this with practical steps, Okay, I, I think it's clear that Sabbath one, it's commanded, right? Like there's no doubt about that. It's in the Bible that it is commanded for us to take a Sabbath day. Now, for some of us, there are seasons in life where that's almost impossible. If you're the mom of a newborn, it's really hard for you to get 24 hours, right? You'd settle for like three, you know, of just uninterrupted time. If you are a parent of young kids, it's summertime. Sabbath is hard. I, it's, I know that because of my two little kids. It's, it's hard. It's hard to find that time. There are certain phases, certain of us, the jobs that we have, there are certain parts of the season where things get more hectic and more busy, right? Like if you're, if you're an accountant during tax time, you don't really have a lot of time for Sabbath. But what you have to do is we have to plan for that, right? If as, if as, a, as a parent with kids for the summer, 
and you can't do that during the summer, put down a date for once they go back to school that you can take that time, right? If you are a, if, if you're a parent, if you're a mom of a newborn, sleep, right? Like that's the most trusting thing you can do is say, you know what, God, I, I need to sleep. I'm going to trust that the bottles will wash themselves. I'm going to trust that everyone will be rested. Now, if you're in that situation, that prayer should be answered by your husband. And if it's not, you let me know. We'll uh, <laughs> tell him uh, the family pastor would like to have a word with him. But there are seasons of that. But for the majority of us, that's not where we are. The majority of us have the opportunity to take a Sabbath day, but we don't, even though it's commanded by God. So here's some practical ways we can do that, some things we need to think about. The point of a Sabbath day is to spend time focused on God and on honoring God first and foremost. It's not about us. It's not about to see, oh, what can I do to make my future better? It's a time to spend being focused on God and honoring God. The second thing is that it needs to be something that restores our soul, right? I would love to tell you that playing golf restores my soul and refreshes me. I love to play golf, but when it's over, I'm not refreshed, I'm thinking, how did I miss that four-foot putt? That was ridiculous. I'm bothered by those things. So for each of us, there is something different that refreshes us, something different that restores our soul. And so to kind of to begin for this practical application of that, I want to tell you how this, how this looks for me. Now, again, I, being in the church world, it's, this is embarrassing to admit, but I don't take Sabbath near as much as I should. And, and that's something that Again, one of the reasons I wanted to preach on this to understand that better for myself, my need to do that. But for me, if I'm doing it right, the first thing, I wake up in the morning, I spend time in prayer, I spend time reading God's Word, and, and I journal some thoughts about what I think God's telling me. And then for me, going on a hike with my wife and my kids is the most soul-refreshing thing that currently happens in my life. And, and here's why. And I, listen, that does not work for everybody, but here's how that works for me. When I'm outside, uh, when I'm surrounded by nature, it automatically draws me to God because I love the beauty of it. My first thought is, God, how did you come up with this? This is amazing. Especially somebody from, again, I think you guys have heard this before, but being in the south, we don't have hills. We don't have mountains. So especially being out here, like I just want to be outside all the time because I'm just drawn to God's beauty. And that results in in a feeling and a sense of thankfulness to God, that he would allow me to see something like this. The next part is my wife and my kids. Every single one of us has junk in our lives. Every single one of us. And I think back on on where I used to be and what God has brought me out of and has blessed me with a family like that, that blows my mind. And I'm just completely thankful. I'm like, God, you saved me. God saved my life multiple times. And the fact that not only has that happened, but he's also blessed me with the family, that draws my mind to God, right? So in those moments, when I'm done, we, go, we usually just head over here, just to the Benicia State Recreation Area, and we go walk for a couple of miles and then come back, and I'm, I'm good for like a week. Seriously, it refreshes my soul. Now, for my wife, that's not the most refreshing thing for her. And this is where I'm talking about it's different. You have to figure out what it is for you. For my wife... Sitting at the beach for the day is, is a time of Sabbath and refreshing for her. That bores me to tears. I, I, you know, I, that's, yeah, so we have to work on, on those things to make sure we give each other that time. But that, that would not work for me. 
what you have to do is figure out how can I do something that I enjoy that is still honoring God, that is still glorifying God, and then go do that. Then go do that, and, and in those moments, be thanking God for what he's given you. If, if, something, if fishing restores your soul, then after you spend time reading your, the Bible and spend time in prayer, go fishing. If, if taking a road trip restores your soul, then do that. If it's spending time with people, make sure you do that. Whatever it is that refreshes your soul and still honors God in an amazing way, do that. Do that. It's not going to be the same for everybody, and that's okay. And for most of us, if we're honest, we've never taken the Sabbath day intentionally in our lives. You may not know what works for you. You may not know what works for you for this. So what I would, a practical suggestion is even to right now, write down a few things that you think may work this way, things that I enjoy doing that can draw me to God, and then go do those. You'll find out, okay, if I'm, if I'm doing this, does it draw me closer to God? When I'm done with this activity at the end of the day, am I refreshed? Am I grateful to God for this opportunity? If you're not, then scratch that off your list and go to the next thing. But find whatever it is that works for you that honors God. So we see that Sabbath is, is commanded, that it's necessary. And, and here's the beauty of God. He commands us to do it. And who benefits from that? We do. And most of our relationships on earth, whenever people are commanding you to do something, it's for their benefit. That's why it's for their benefit to make things easier for them. When God commands us to do something, he gets glory and it's for our good. That's amazing. It's amazing that God works in that way. It's, just, it's, it's such a comforting thing to know that the things God commands us to do are for our good and for our blessing and glorify him. So if you've never taken this day of Sabbath, I want you to think, think about this right now. If it helps you to visualize by closing your eyes, I, I won't call you out for sleeping. I'll pretend you're awake and just do what I told you to do. To think about, if you were able to spend a 24-hour period fully in Sabbath, fully focused at the feet of God, and then doing something you enjoy that brings glory to God, imagine what that would feel like at the end of that day. Imagine how refreshed, how rejuvenated you would feel. Think about that. And now consider this. As great as that day is, it is merely a shadow of what eternity with God looks like. God's eternal Sabbath rest in Him based on our faith in Jesus Christ. That's eternity for us if we placed our faith in Him. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, the writer of Hebrews is talking about this eternal rest. It says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from His. How do we experience this rest, this eternal rest? It's by faith in the completed and finished work of Jesus on the cross. Not because of your works, not because of anything you did, but all because of what Jesus has done for us. That's where our confidence comes from. That's where our rest comes from. It's from God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you are, you are everything. Um, and so wonderful that you would command us to do something that is for our good, something that we are blessed by, something that, that refreshes us. Lord, I pray that... Um, 
we would not be so arrogant to think that we don't need this. You, you know and see everything. And you, you knew and you saw that we would need a Sabbath day. God, I pray that you will put it on people's hearts to plan for that day to happen, to spend time at your feet and to do something that honors you, that glorifies you, and refreshes our soul. God, and I pray that from that, we will see how it impacts the rest of our lives, how it impacts those around us, Lord, but these things will not happen by accident. God, we must be intentional, Lord, just as you were intentional about sending your son to rescue us. God, we owe you everything. Please help us to be able to rest in you. Amen.